Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's War. Best dealership anywhere. Not only that, not only a great dealership, you have to be backed up by a great service department. That Sunbury Motors Service Department is open, and they will take good care of you. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Larry Anderson in just a few minutes. Uh, first of all, our play-by-play call of the day, a slice of nostalgia. Roy Halladay against the Marlins. Back up onto the mound. Tucks the baseball in his right hand. Now into the glove. Holds it in front of the letters. Nods yes. The wind. The one-two pitch. Swing and a ground ball. Left side. Castro's got it. Spins. Throws. Yeah. He got him. A perfect game for Roy Halladay. 27 up and 27 down. Halladay is mobbed at the mound as the Phillies celebrate perfection tonight in Miami. 11 strikeouts for Roy Halladay. He becomes only the second Philly ever to throw a perfect game. And he is the 20th in Major League history to turn the feet. And I guess the extra day of rest paid off. It must have helped. It must have helped. Boy, he is grinning from ear to ear. Obviously, he should be. But you just don't see a lot of emotion from Roy Halladay. We're seeing it right now. At Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson, the day that Roy Halladay threw the perfect game. Uh, the other one, of course, uh, the Father's Day perfect game in 1964 when Jim Bunning did it in uh, Shea Stadium against the Mets. Okay. Uh, with that, we bring in uh, Larry Anderson, uh, who's done such great work on the Phillies network all these years. Larry, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. Nope, must not be ready yet. Uh, we'll get to him in just a moment. All right. There he is. Larry, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Steve. How you doing? You getting through this? Yeah, we're getting through it. How about you? Are you getting through it, you and your family? Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, me and my wife uh, sitting here down in Clearwater Beach and watching an empty beach, just <laughs> just watching the sand blow away. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. Where were you? Obviously, were you actually in clear water when you found out they were going to shut it down? Is that where you were at the time? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a place down here, so my wife and I usually come down in January, if not right after the season, and we'll go back and forth once for the holidays. But generally, by the first week of January, we're down here. So I've been here for for a while, for a few months now, and not sure when I'll get back. But I got nowhere to go, nothing to do, so there's no sense in... You know, coming home and looking at the houses across the street when I can look at the beach. Yeah, I don't blame you. You've made the right choice. Uh, I want to tap into your experience here. It's a little bit different experience, but it's still an experience. Spring training started. People were starting, especially as a pitcher, arms were starting to get stretched out as time went. Uh, and then, of course, shut down. In 1981, I want to say you were with the Mariners at the time. Does that yeah. sound right? And the strike happens, 
and you were out for weeks. So, A, because there was an uncertainty as to when you were going to come back. There's an uncertainty as to when anybody this time is going to come back. So what did you do as a pitcher then to somehow keep yourself engaged so that you could still be stretched out when the time came to get back to playing baseball? It really, it was a matter of finding somebody that uh, that wanted to have a catch and play catch with them, uh, and and just uh, you know do what you got to do. It's the big thing is just not losing everything you've gained as far as getting your arm strength up and all that. You don't want to lose that. And so between that, I think eighty one, I think uh, was it a strike in ninety. Four, no, 94. Uh, there was another was Not- shut down just for sure. But, it, I mean, there was one, one when we, we came to spring training late, and uh, I don't right. remember what year it was, but it was, it was about three weeks we had. And I think that's a little tough on the starters, but for the really, you should be able to get ready in three weeks as a reliever. That's my feeling. I mean, we did it. We had to. Everybody had to. So it's not like it can be done, but I – you know, the, the big thing is just is keeping your arm ready, you know, whether you're pitching, catching, you know, hitting, whatever. It's just try not to lose everything you've gained up to this point in spring training. And although it's not easy because you're not in game competition, you can still keep your arm loose. You can still swing the bat, you know, do those types of things. It's, it's really just trying not to lose everything you've gained. Right, yeah. And the, now how difficult is it for a starter? Now everybody's built differently. But how difficult is it for a starter to get themselves to the point where they're stretched out enough? And is this going to be a case where if you're Joe Girardi, you're doing a lot of short stints here and there to get going again? I think that's what it is. You know, the starters, it's – I don't know. I don't know if there's any documentation that says that it takes four weeks to get them stretched out or six weeks or whatever. I'm not sure I always buy that. I mean, you want to be careful. You don't want to blow your arm out. But, uh, you know, it's not a time to have on kid gloves. It's put on your big boy pants, go out and do what you got to do to get ready and do it in a hurry. Uh, you know, these are these are great athletes, you know, and obviously parts of the, the body can break down. But, you know, I, I think at times we're babied too much too, you know. Like go out there, strap yeah. it on, let's go. Uh, but it does, I mean, it'll, it'll take a little longer for the starters. But you know, uh, part of it is just you know going out there, trusting your stuff, and, and doing what you can. You, you go out, you get what you can as long as you can, and see what happens. I mean, everybody's going to be in the same boat, so it's not like anybody's going to have an advantage over another. I don't think. Yeah, many many years ago, and I've talked about this with football and with basketball. Is a lot of times, yeah, you come into camp. I'm talking about football camp or a basketball camp, and some semblance of shape. And then training camp, you'd get into real shape and you'd play. Yeah. Now everybody's because of the 24 seven part of it, 365 day part of it. You're expected to walk into camp in shape. Well, so what kind of yeah. advantage is it for today's athlete that they're already expected and already have an off season regimen they can go back to at this time? Well, I think it's like Aaron Nola is what he's doing. He just he's in his off-season program right now, and uh, you know whatever whatever that entails for him. But you know he he comes into camp, and most of these guys come into camp. They're, they're pretty much ready to go. Back right. in my day, you you couldn't. I mean, these guys obviously can afford to not work in the off-season. 
Um, when I was coming up in the 70s and 80s or back and forth, up and down, so you, you didn't make enough to where you, you, you didn't have to work in the off-season. Um, so, you, you know, you're looking for work, you're, you're doing whatever you can. But, I, you know, for me, I was playing a lot of winter ball, which I think helped when we had our work stoppages. That, you know, I was maybe a little further along than others um, from, from playing. But these guys today, you're, like you're saying, you're around. I mean, with nutrition, they've got chiropractors, they've got, uh, they've, they've got everything. They've got gourmet meals, three meals a day in the clubhouse if they want. Um, whereas we'd come in and get a donut and a cup of coffee and go get them. Um, <laughs> you know, these guys are, I'm serious. They got gourmet meals. They got, they got, oh, I, know. I mean, big time kitchen in every clubhouse. It's like, well, maybe they're full. Maybe I'm jealous. I didn't have that. I don't know. I wouldn't change what I had. I know that, but, um, yeah, yeah, you know, these guys get yeah. around and even nutrition and stuff like that. You got nutritionists, you got, physical therapists you got masseuses it's i don't know yeah <laughs> i guess with the yeah, investment you know they what? have you had, players today they, they figure they they got to protect their investment you had 17 seasons so something worked okay <laughs> a little bit some, yeah something worked you had 17 seasons in, in the majors okay uh they've, they've floated different ideas as to how to, and part of this is the unknown none of us knows when it's going to start again I know. I, let's go back to the first question about '81. They ended up splitting that season. Uh, now yeah. you're not going to do a, a split season here, but they're talking about more double headers and so forth. What you know? Now you're in an era where they played double headers. I mean, yeah. what, what's your thought on that? I I don't mind the double headers. I, I don't like the day night double headers, and that's probably what they're talking about doing because um, generally, you know, the the uppers in baseball care only about the dollar. They don't yes. care about the player's health. They don't care about a pitcher's arm. They don't care. They don't get loose enough. They just, they don't. They really don't. They can say they do, but they don't. It's all about the dollar. Yeah. And I don't, you know, that's in most corporations. It doesn't change a whole lot. Um, so I, 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 I don't know what, uh, I, I gotta be honest. I, I'm, I'm at a loss for, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I just, uh, yeah, no, nobody does. And that's that's the hard part. You just you don't know how long it's going to last. Is it, you know how many games we're going to have? But the, and I enjoy the double hitters. But when you have the day night double hitter, you go in the morning, you're ready for yeah. a day game, and then you sit around for three hours or however long it might be, and then or a couple hours, and then you start another game. It's like start up all over again. It, you know, if they had straight double hitters to get the games, and that's one thing. I, you know, th- those were part those were part of baseball back in the day. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, the doubleheader has gone by the wayside yeah. unless there's a rain out, and then they do the day-night again so they don't lose the gate. That's that's what they care about. Yeah, because the key is they'll say it's a day-night doubleheader separate admission. That last part is the key part, uh, is the separate yeah. admission part. It's exactly what it yep. is. W- when you were watching the ball club in camp, what did you like about the ball club? Uh, the staff they put together. Uh, and I mean that honestly. Uh, Joe Girardi, Brian Price, and Joe Dillon, I think, were three of our best moves in the winter. I think that yeah. that, that, to me, made us as one of the teams that, that had one of the best winners because of those those decisions right there. Uh, it 
yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think it's so important that that we made changes. I, I just, I did not agree, and that's just my opinion. I did not agree with the philosophy of our past staff. Um, and that's, you know, some people, some people loved it, but for me, I'm, I'm more of a, a guy that that that, ha- that I like coaches that can help players that, uh, physically when they have problems, when they mechanical problems, they have they have to make adjustments. I like coaches who can help you make those adjustments, and we have one now, at least in a pitching coach. Um, we didn't have that before, and I don't think anybody can argue that. Um, uh, nobody can argue not, that. And the other part, too, is I like to have people who have good instincts. I, I don't need yeah. to always have numbers crammed at me all the time. I want, you know, the, sports is an instinctive game. I mean, no matter yeah. what game it is, it, it's instinctive. That's my opinion, Larry. It may not be yours. No, it, and you talk about some of the, you know, young players coming up, but Freddie Galvis, who I absolutely love. I, I, yep. I love him as a shortstop. I wish he was behind me playing all the time. We talked about all the time about Freddie's instincts, you know, because a lot of players don't have instincts anymore. They're not playing Sandlot. They're not playing in the park every day. They're not, you know, as a whole, like we used to do. We were outside all the time, and it wasn't just baseball, football, basketball, soccer, whatever. But you're outside playing all the time. Now guys are in between video games and something else and maybe going to the park and playing a little catch. It's, but, but we were outside all the time doing it, and you get instincts that way. I think you look at some of the, the Latin players, uh, Venezuela, Dominican, Puerto Rico, Mexico, a lot of those guys, they, they don't have the, the luxuries we have. So, so they're outside playing ball all the time. And, and accordingly, they, I think their instincts are better for the most, on average. Um, and it's just, you know, nowadays we don't even give a guy a chance to – to use his instincts. We don't even know if they have them because they're told every single play, every single pitch, where to go, where to stand, stand over here. Yeah. This guy's sitting, stand over. There's no instincts. There's no, oh, it's a 3-1 count. Let me play this guy to pull a little more because, you know, he's, a, he's, he's, he's the hitter's ahead in the count. Let me, he's going to probably jump one to turn on something. You know, guys, I, I don't even know if guys think that anymore because they don't have to. They're told from the time they sign, you go play here, you play there, and every Every minor league team has what five coaches now. We had one manager that, yeah. that that played, probably played, and that was it. I mean, so you had to figure stuff out. I, I can't tell you how many times I went back and forth with Dennis Eckersley coming up through the minors. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Why, why are you doing this? How are you holding that? You had to figure it out. Nowadays. People are telling you everything you do, every step of the way. And when you do come into, into problems and, and, and uh, struggles, you got to have somebody that, like you said, the information is great. My spin rate, somebody can tell me about that. That's great. But if I can't control the ball where it's going because my mechanics are all messed up, that does no good. None. So, well, it's a number can tell you. It. You mentioned spin rate. Hey, yeah. Spin rate, they can tell you what your spin rate is. The key is telling you how to get back to where your your spin rate was before. If they can right. tell you that, right, then it's worth knowing what the spin rate number is. Right, and that's why the <laughs> the analytics, the, the, the you know, I think we got so caught up in them for a couple of years, we forgot about well, what about if a guy's struggling? This all this information is great, but if he if his mechanics are off, 
well, who's going to fix that? You know, somebody's got to be able to do that. And and the other stuff, I mean, if, if your mechanics are right, you're pretty good chance everything else, your spin rate and all that stuff, is, is going to be there. But if, I'm ask you, like you said, it doesn't do any good if, if you don't have somebody to fix you. Right, exactly. Uh, and that's right. One last question. Place. It's you about know, he's got a great track record too. Yeah, and see, that's the that's my last question. When the Phillies do get back, and look, nobody knows how this is going to play out. But at least out of the gate, what do you think it means having a steady, experienced hand in the dugout like Girardi can mean to stabilizing what we see on the field? Everything, <laughs> and I mean that. It's, I know it's an easy cop out type answer, but it means everything. That you you put your trust and your confidence in your leader, or you know generally, and 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 if if, if you see a common effect from him, you know, or if you see a, a, a something that, that needs to be addressed, just some discipline going on, you know, they need to put some this disciplinary action. He'll do it. The other guy, there was no rules, and that's why some guys like playing for him. Do what you want. You know, wear what you want, act how you want, do anything. Are you kidding me? That's, I don't know, to me it was a joke. But, again, that's my opinion. And it all comes back, and I said this, you know, the whole time Gabe was with us. That if the players like playing for him, that's all that matters. But, I don't know, to me there's got to be some discipline, and that's one thing Girardi will bring. And, he and, you will know, do that. He'll have fun, he'll enjoy it, but he, he'll – He'll sit there and talk baseball. He'll explain to guys. He will. He's a great communicator. You know, I'm just. I don't know how things will turn out, but I, I really like the direction that, that that they're going or that they have with the staff. I, I really, I think that's a, a huge improvement. And, and it, it really, the season's going to come down to to me the young pitchers. You yes. know, it's. I think. The guys, you have a pretty good idea, Nola and, and Wheeler, and the rest of the guys have to. They just have to step up. Eflin, Arietta. I know Arietta's coming off injury, but mm-hmm. he's got to get closer back to where he was. I think he can, but if he doesn't, and if Pavetta, Eflin, Velasquez don't show marked improvement, or at least Pavetta and Velasquez over last year, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Might be more of a chance for Spencer Howard down the road. He could be. But we'll see. This was a lot of fun because uh, uh, you and I think the same way baseball-wise. So I guess it was more fun for me because, <laughs> because it was <laughs> no. just great. Hey, Not I, sitting here talking about no analytics all the time. I enjoy it. Uh, well, I enjoyed it too. Larry, hey, L.A., you're the best. Awesome. Love how you do the games. with, And I can't wait to hear you and Scott doing a game again because that means we're taking another step uh, toward normalcy again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's for sure. Thanks, Larry. All right, Steve, take care. Appreciate it. Scott, yeah, Steve, Scott. Appreciate it. <laughs> wait. It's Steve. Yeah, I had, a, I had another one. Okay. Yeah. France, Great. See that? that oh, it's a pain. He's in my head. I got to get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, LA. Appreciate it very much. It. Appreciate you. One. You too. Uh, See you, man. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Clinton had a chance to talk with the media earlier today for the first time since the first week of February. We'll get his thoughts on how Penn State football is handling all of this. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Always remember that Sunbury Motors service department, they are there for you. And they are open. James Franklin's teleconference next half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great service department, open. So please keep that in mind. Cannot ask for a better dealership than Sunbury Motors. All right. Uh, The last time James Franklin talked with the media was the first week of February. It was the uh, late signing date, the first Wednesday of February, whatever that was, February 3rd, 4th, somewhere around there. Uh, And, you know, Penn State didn't sign anybody that day, but he still traditionally always does a press conference on that day. So this is the first time he's had a chance to talk with the media since that point, and obviously the first time since we've all been on lockdown. So from about an hour and a half ago, James Franklin with the media. On, on a light note, I'd like to uh, wish my daughter Addison, uh, my youngest, it's her uh, birthday today. She's 12 years old. Actually, both both my daughters are 12 today because they, uh, they're 11 months apart, so they're both 12. Um, I, I'm glad everybody was able to get on. Obviously, this is crazy times for all of us. Um, I want to start by wishing you and, and your families um, all the health. Uh, and happiness during these tough times as, as possible. A couple points that I want to cover, and then we'll probably open it up to, to questions. But, again, I hope you and your families are, are safe. Um, I think you guys all heard about Mac Hippenhammer. Um, this is a conversation we've had really for the last two years, had the conversation last year as well. I knew we were trending in this direction, and 
and uh, Mac has decided to focus on on baseball. Had a really good conversation with Coach Cooper about it, and um, I think he's got a bright future. And we're excited about his opportunities there. Uh, I want to encourage everybody out there to to stay home, um, to wash their hands, be diligent about those things, um, and uh, obviously avoid as much contact with with uh, with others as possible. Um, you know, I don't think any of us. Um, have ever you know expected anything like this or experienced anything like this? Uh, it's a scary time for all of us, and we want to make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to flatten the curve. Um, I want to give thanks to all the medical workers out there. I got a lot of friends and people out there that are having to go to work every single day to, to help people uh, and make a difference with this virus. So I want to thank all the medical workers out there uh, across the country, and then obviously specifically. Uh, with our uh, Hershey Children's Hospital and, and the Hershey Hospital overall that we're connected to at Penn State. I want to thank all the people out there that are doing great work across the country. Um, you know, obviously not having spring practice is the, is the focus for our players, um, but obviously this, the magnitude of this is, is, is much more significant than that, obviously. Uh, you look at all the other sports that were in season that got canceled, uh, but this is much bigger than sports. Obviously, this is this is something that the entire world is dealing with, um, and sports um, obviously take a backseat to that. So it seems seems kind of strange to be talking about sports when we're when we're dealing with such uh, such a more difficult challenge. Um, and then probably the last couple things that that, that I kind of wanted to mention about. Um, is just kind of how we're operating right now, and there's probably going to be a lot of questions about that, but we, we're really embracing the technology. Uh, I think it's been good for our staff in a lot of ways in terms of um, uh, embracing the technology. We're all over Zoom. We had a Zoom staff meeting this morning. Um, we'll have a team meeting this afternoon. Uh, we've been having about one team meeting a week. About, a, about I think last team meeting we had 157 people on it with staff and players and everything else. So it's been good and then what i've been doing is uh been meeting with uh positions so i'll i'll, I'll go to the position meetings and get on the position meetings and, and talk to the guys and answer any questions they may have in smaller groups um and then we're trying to have at least one team meeting a week and then we staff meeting a staff meet every other day and then again trying to connect with our players and making sure they're in a good place and safe and taken care of so um, it's been a scramble. It really has, but um, the staff has been awesome. We've sent workouts uh, for our guys, whether they're body weight workouts, if they have no uh, weightlifting, you know, weightlifting equipment in their house, um, or if they do have weightlifting equipment, knowing exactly what that is and, and, and setting a workout for them. Uh, obviously, everything you know, with them being home this time um, is all, is all uh, optional for them to do. Um, but, you know, I, I, our guys are very motivated. I think they're doing a great job there. And then, obviously, all the online classes and things like that that we're trying to support our guys with. Also, um, you know, I like to be planned and organized for, for everything that I possibly can be. Um, I will admit this isn't something that, that we had a plan for. So, you know, just a couple points I wanted to hit, but most importantly, I wanted to open up some questions. Start with Mark Brennan from Fight on State. Hey, James. Uh, happy birthday to Addie. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you, buddy. How come I can't see your face in your shorts? 
because I'm doing this via Skype and Zoom, so it's kind of I'm trying to record things different ways. So you'll have to wait to see me in person. I got you. But, Are you wearing uh, shorts? I am absolutely. All right, good. Hey, the the question I had, James, is uh, from a practical standpoint, football-wise, what are the challenges of not having spring practice and kind of looking forward, are, how hopeful are you that you're able to do some sort of workouts before the preseason gets here, knowing obviously that there are real-world issues involved, but from just a football standpoint, how important are those things? Yeah. So, yeah, they're very important. Obviously, they're magnified when you have coaching turnover and changes uh, for the position coaches to build relationships with their players and get a feel for how to coach them and how to work with them on the field. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, every year we make adjustments to the defense, we make adjustments to the special teams, and then this year, obviously, you know, getting with uh, with Coach Taraka and, and sitting in a room for a month and and taking the best things they did at Minnesota and the best things we did at Penn State and merging them, um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. So, you know, we've uh, we've been able to do a lot of this stuff remotely, um, but obviously face-to-face time is important. And then being on the field, it's one thing to be able to, you know, know the playbook, and it's one thing to, you know, have discussions, but you learn so much. Um, you know, by going against your defense every single day in practice and vice versa. So, um, you know, it's challenging. There's no doubt about it. You know, there's a lot of different proposals being thrown out there, whether it's a longer camp, um, you know, whether it's extra hours during the summer that we're able to work with them. Um, there's a lot of proposals right there, you know, but, but obviously right now it's hard to even tell because we don't know uh, how long we're going to be in this scenario. So, uh, it's challenging, you know, but we've we've been having Zoom meetings, uh, which I think have been have been good by position, and um, you know it's a way to connect with our guys, you know. So you know I want to make sure that I've, I've been adamant. I say this all the time, even in even when we're not in situations like this, that we better be spending time talking about things other than football. Um, and now that's that's obviously even more important. So I want to make sure even when we're having our Zoom meetings to go over spring installations and things like that, we should be spending some time uh, making sure these guys are all right, their families are all right, and, and, and have an awareness of what's going on in their lives. As you guys know, uh, my youngest daughter has sickle cell, uh, which is an autoimmune disease. She's got the full-fledged uh, disease. Um, so, you know, it, it hits home uh, for us, uh, as I know it does for a lot of families. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very aware of that and trying to be sensitive. Tyler Donahue, 24-7. Hey, James. So if you and the family are hanging in there. Um, you too, Tyler. Appreciate that. You've talked a lot about trying to cultivate the most a competitive environment in college football. How does that sustain when everybody's scattered across the country? And what can guys do right now to put themselves in a good spot for position battles before they get back to campus? Well, I think the biggest thing, the the way I look at it is, you know, we we try to compete in everything we do. And right now we're in a challenging situation. And the reality is the most successful people and the most successful organizations and the most successful teams – are going to handle this challenge the best and come out of it the best. Are we going to be where we were before? No, but nobody else is as well. So how are we handling this situation? 
um, the, the self-determination and drive to make sure we're doing everything we're supposed to do academically. Um, same thing, whether it's body weight workouts on your own. Um, you know, again, we're still competing with all the other top programs in the country, and the best programs and the best individuals are going to handle, you know, this adversity uh, the best. And I would even, I would even, you know, like to try to even flip it in some ways, and say. If handled the right way, we have an opportunity to learn from this, to grow from this, uh, to learn some things about ourselves individually, to learn some things about ourselves as program. Um, again, embracing the technology, all these different things that we have to do, um, and, and to hopefully come out of this thing stronger and use this as an opportunity to learn and grow as a program. Mike Gross, Lancaster Newspapers. Hey James, how are you? Good, Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for doing this. Um, with a new offensive coordinator, are you having to install anything that that the guys have literally never heard of before or seen before? And in that sense, is that any sort of a particular challenge to not have spring ball with Kirk? Yeah, so yeah, the interesting thing is we could give our playbook right now to Minnesota and it does not look like Minnesota's playbook. And there's things that don't look like Penn State's playbook because really we have kind of merged it all. You know, so there's, there's probably only one new scheme that we haven't done before. There's some tweaks to things that we have done, but there's probably only one um, specific scheme that we're going to be running that's going to be a major part of our offense that we haven't run in the past. But there's also things that we're running that, that Kirk didn't run at Minnesota based on the blend. So it's, it's let's not call something the way we've always called it because that's how you always called it at Minnesota. That's how we always called it at Penn State. Let's do what's the best thing for the system. Because I think that's an important thing that I learned is all these things are great ideas, but you have to have a system and it has to fit together and they have to be complementary pieces, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I remember being an offensive coordinator, and you'd go out and hire different coaches, and they'd all come in with great ideas, but those ideas have got to fit the scheme, and they've got to be complementary pieces. So that's, that's what we're doing. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's new stuff for our players, but there's also new stuff for Kurt. Um, so we're kind of all working through it together to put together the best offense we can for Penn State. It's not Minnesota. It's not Penn State. It's, it's a merge like we've talked about in the past. Peter Terpstra, WTAJ. Hey, Coach, can you hear me? I can. How are you? Hello. Uh, Coach, this is kind of a philosophical question. Um, what do you think people can learn from this whole situation, whether it be like disruption of their routine, um, maybe spending more time with the family, doing things differently? And uh, how do you think, um, you know, young people might view this whole thing going forward? Well, I think probably early on, um, specifically young people, probably a lot of people weren't taking this serious enough. Um, you know, um, I'm not a politician, but there's part of me that would just love to lock the whole country down, um, all of it, because I think the sooner we do that, the quicker we, we can come out of this thing. Um, but I think, I think for, uh, for all of us, uh, whether it's young people or whether it's uh, middle-aged or whether it's, you know, um, elderly, 
you know, this is this has kind of been, a, I think, a wake-up call for all of us of, of how fragile it all is and how careful we have to be. And, and um, you know, again, I think the positives that can come out of this thing is, is you, know, um, you know, people being forced outside of their comfort zone and having to operate in a different way that they're used to operating. I'm not a sit-in-front of the computer for nine hours a day, but that's basically what I've been doing, uh, whether it's been, you know, we, we typically have a conference call every single day with the AD. I have an, a separate conference call with my uh, sports supervisor and, and Scott Sidwell. We'll have team meetings. Uh, you know, we're obviously FaceTime and recruits. Um, we're, you know, on the, the, the tablets uh, going through the installs and the video. Um, so I'm not typically a sit in front of the computer for nine hours straight type of guy, but, but that's how it's been. So I, I think it's just, like I mentioned before, I think it's forcing a lot of people out of their normal, normal comfort zone. And again, if it's approached the right way, then I think that we can learn from this and we can grow from this. One of the quotes that we used in our first team meeting with our players that I love, it's an Andy Grove quote. And the quote says, bad companies are destroyed by crisis. Good companies survive them. Great companies are improved by them. And obviously, we want to be in that category. So um, it's that fine line. You know, we want to be we want to be sensitive to what's going on in our country, but we also have a responsibility to make sure we're doing everything we possibly can to make sure our guys are are still getting a great education, uh, even though that may be online, uh, that they're still taking care of their bodies because uh, we put so much hard work in that they don't want to lose that. And then also, obviously, you know, when it comes to football-specific um, activities and things like that, uh, we, we got to come out of this and, and be able to hit the ground running. Josh Moyer, Center Daily Times. Hey, James. Uh, overall, I just wanted to ask, hey, Josh. How, how are you doing? Good. How are you, man? I'm pretty good, thanks. Uh, I just wanted to ask you how your staff members and players, you know, how, how they've been so far through this. And, and has anyone there, you know, tested positive before the coronavirus? Yeah, Josh, as you could imagine, um, you know, I'm not going to answer, you know, questions when it comes to, you know, people's specific health. I, I don't even know if that's, I don't even know if that's legal to do that. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's all over the map when you got as many different people that we do in our organization and as many different backgrounds. Uh, this is, this is challenging. This is challenging from a health perspective. Uh, this is challenging from a financial perspective. Uh, people are being, you know, hit from, you know, so many different angles and, and perspective. We have players that have gone home, um, you know, and their and their families have, uh, you know, taken their bedrooms and turned them into different things, and they're sleeping on couches. There's just there's so many different dynamics that it, that have gone gone into this, and and we want to be sensitive to all of them. Um, you know, so yeah, it's 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 all over the map. We got some guys that are in state college on campus. We got some guys that are in state college in their own um, apartments. Uh, the majority, the great majority of our team is at home uh, with families. Um, but but again, um, you know, some guys have challenging situations there as well. So uh, we're trying to be aware of all these different situations that we can and be sensitive to them and be as supportive as we possibly can within the NCAA rules. Head football coach James Franklin from his teleconference earlier today. We'll come back, wrap it up in a moment. By the way, our thanks to Larry Anderson for being on the show today. And once the Phillies get rolling again, you'll hear them on Eagle 107.
Daniel here, Penn State football here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You're here, the Phillies on Eagle 107. And uh, so we've had uh, another another interesting day, another fast moving two hours on the show. And uh, you know, again, we know it's we know it's important out there. We've talked about that over and over again. But uh, we provide information here for you whenever we can. And we also uh, provide an escape from time to time. We have more coming up tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Uh, looking forward to that. We're also trying to line up between... Uh, we, try, we have feelers out to both Neil Best and to uh, John Orand to delve into the business of sports with all this. I think you may have seen David Jones' article about Penn State, for example, about... The athletic department, one hundred one million, uh, which put it sixth in the country in revenue. And uh, obviously, nobody knows what what anybody's balance sheet's going to look like a year from now. Nobody knows that. I mean, we're all sitting here right now. Part of the uh, part of this is we all sit here, every one of us. You as the listener, we as the hosts, the guests. And all of us are playing the guessing game. We don't know when the turnout of this begins. We don't know. And that's why we're all hoping sooner rather than later, because every single person that is listening right now is hoping that we get back to, quote, some semblance of our normal lives as quickly as possible. More coming up tomorrow, including Neil Kulong, who is on the show tomorrow. Always great to catch up with Neil. Tyler Donahue, 24-7 sports tomorrow. And I think, I believe we're going to get, I have to text him, but I've already had conversations with him, but I think we're going to get Dick Girardi on Friday as well. And to make the suit happy, maybe I'll ask him about the ponies. So you get Larry Anderson gave us a different perspective because remember, in the 81 strike, they were out for weeks. That's why I opened up the questioning there because these pitchers are going to have to wait weeks. <laughs>